Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's Saturday afternoon, and it's Answers for Elders Radio. We are here with a very, very special guest, Mr. Jason Totito from AGP Wealth Advisors. Jason, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. You know, Jason, I'm so glad you're here today because a lot of questions that people have in navigating senior care is the whole financial piece. And I know your firm works with so many seniors and different uh, in different scenarios. And, you know, one of the things that we always go back to is when we're taking care of our own senior parent, um, we realize the enormous cost of what elder care really is. And I know that I get this common question all the time from people, should I get long-term care insurance? A lot of people don't even know what it is. So um, first of all, Jason, tell me about long-term care insurance. What specifically does it do? Uh, Well, I I would agree with you. This was one of the things that's on the tip of a lot of our clients' minds uh, in terms of how to handle that, what does it look like, uh, and what does it cover? Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a lot of different um, aspects of it. There's uh, what you call a standalone long-term care policy, which is uh, just covers long-term care. Mm -hmm. It's much like a traditional auto or um, homeowner's insurance policy. You use it or you lose those premiums. Got it. Uh, And that's one way to do it, and there's a certain set of risks associated with that. It's gotten a lot of exposure in the medium. What does it mean when you say you use it or you lose those premiums? What does that mean? Uh, Much like an auto insurance policy, you pay into it on a monthly or quarterly basis, uh, and you hope you never have to use it. Got it. Okay. So it would be basically, it's it's an insurance policy. So what does long-term care actually cover? Um, Again, there's a a broad range of um, possibilities there. Uh, What we like to work with our clients on is one that structures uh, a payout given a series of um, life events that you cannot perform. Okay. And to the extent that you cannot perform those, then you have the ability to get assisted living, whether it be in a community. Mm -hmm. Uh, We prefer to have, for a lot of our clients, have those resources come into their home. Well, that's what the majority of seniors want. They want to stay in their homes. So obviously having those ability to, you know, say, hey, I need home care to come into my house and help me with my ADLs, my assistance of daily living, things like that, then I have the ability to tap into that long-term care policy and actually get those things provided. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So so in in talking to, to, to so many people, they say, well, you know, if I go into retirement living, um, long-term care insurance will pay for that. And I happen to know that that's where the misconception, I think, is in the, in the um, consumer's eyes. Traditional retirement living that, that does not have the assisted living piece attached to it, um, it's my understanding, Jason, and I, I'm sure you'll clarify that, that is, is, not, a retire- that is not a long-term care um, aspect. Is that correct? Uh, correct. I think that the distinction there is whether it's retirement living or assisted care, right, where you have um, health care provided mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for you, as you said, a- across those dimensions of daily living. Okay. So <clears throat> if I go into a s- retirement living, let's say, for example, I'm a, a senior and i pretty much independent, but I decide, you know, I'm going to go into independent retirement living where I don't need daily li- living help, but I'm going to be there in the community. Um, will my long-term care policy cover anything? In most cases, it would not. 
Correct. So then once that my needs progress and I may need more care, um, explain to me then, Jason, how, how would the long-term care policy kick in? Uh, in the, the case of a traditional standalone long-term care policy, you would have a certain amount of benefits normally quantified on a daily basis. So anywhere between 100 to $300 a day to cover uh, some portion of mm-hmm. the cost of that. Where we like to get our clients to think about it is to switch that paradigm from what does it cost for the insurance to more what does that family member need. Correct. And by Good. having, um, whether it be standalone care, we actually prefer clients to utilize what's called uh, uh, accelerated benefit rider, which is a long-term care access. As and explain part of, how that works. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, think about it as uh, access for long-term care that's embedded inside of a life insurance policy. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners today are familiar with these types of structures. Sure. Um, Not that they're simple, but they're getting a lot of exposure because of some of the pros and cons relative to a standalone long-term care. So think about it this way. You have a $300,000 life insurance policy Mm -hmm. that offers you this long-term care access Mm -hmm. during life, and you can draw on 90% of that while living if you need it. Sure. So it's a traditional life insurance policy that offers the additional flexibility to utilize it during life if you need it for long-term care. Uh, average stay in long-term care is about 33 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, ranges anywhere between uh, ten dollars to $15,000 in this area. Wow. As you move to some of the outskirts in different parts of the country, it can be more or less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not a use it or lose it. Ideally, the client wouldn't need the long-term care policy benefits. Right. And then that would be passed in a traditional life insurance framework to the next generation. So let's just say, for example, somebody has a $300,000 life insurance policy. And I, that sounds like a lot of money, right? <clears throat> but in elder care, and this is just where I'm asking the question, obviously, <clears throat> assisted living costs can run $10,000 a month, and you can run out of money very quickly. Um, what happens if mom or dad outlives their money and they have long-term care? Well, uh, I think it's two different pieces, right? If they, okay. out, if they outlive their money, but specific res- with respect to the medical coverage, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's uh, state and federally funded programs which are not optimal. Right. It, it's just that simple. It's not optimal. There's a lot of strain and stress on the medical system right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... If you have the resources and you have a trusted advisor, someone like AGP Wealth Advisors can help give you some direction in terms of what options are available to you, there's a lot more um, optimal ways to do it. When we think about it with our clients, we think about three dimensions. The timing of the need, the taxation of the money that you're going to utilize for that need, Mm -hmm. and then that specific transition period where the, the, the family member goes from not needing care to needing care sure, and planning around those three T's, if you will, timing, taxation, and that transitionary period, it's able to be a lot more comfortable for everybody, financially comfortable, uh, as well as just day-to-day living. So we are talking to Jason Totito from AGP Wealth Advisors. Jason, I am so glad you're here. Um, So now just going on, obviously, if I'm a, a boomer, an adult child, and I'm sitting back, and I've just been through this with my parents. It's like, what is the right age to purchase 
long-term care insurance. Should I do look at it when I'm in my 40s, in my 50s? What What is the ideal age? Great question. Um, we like to think about insurance in the construct of an overall solution, mm-hmm. whether it be uh, health insurance, life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability income. Mm-hmm. So the answer is slightly different depending on how you're going to approach that holistic uh, protection. Mm-hmm. Um, but more simplistically, you know, either side of 50 years old is a good time to sort of begin to explore what you have. And it all starts with a, an understanding of what type of health you're in mm-hmm. uh, and whether you are insurable. Uh, when I talk about uh, insurance as part of a broader comprehensive discussion with our clients across wealth, taxation, and estate planning, the first question is often, well, how much is that going to cost? Sure. And um, it's not a question that you can answer until you get a sense of what type of insurance options are available to you. Sure. So if you're in great health, that's one price point. Average health is a second one. And then depending on where you are across that continuum, the cost can differ. But we really like to focus on the value. And as I mentioned, by having a proper insurance um, solution in place, you're able to look at what does my family member need versus myopically focusing on the cost of that solution. Sure. And so obviously with um, long-term care, <clears throat> um, you know, in, in, in looking at this, it's like obviously every single person is different. There's no off-the-shelf program that people will say, well, what, tell me about what long-term care insurance is. It really depends, obviously, from what you're saying, is it really depends on the individual and varying factors. The sizing of, of appropriate policy, the benefits, the inflation riders that are associated with that is all a very customized solution. Mm-hmm. So we work with the client to really understand what it is they have available to them and what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to protect against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people view self-insurance as a solution. A lot of wealthy individuals that we work with sure. say, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just sell our piece <laughs> of land or we'll sell one or two of our rentals to cover this. What that unfortunately exposes them to uh, is the timing, market timing. Think about if you had a long-term care incident leading up to the uh, the, the 08 crisis. Sure. And you had to sell a couple pieces of real estate to fund that. Not optimal. Not great. No. Poor timing. The taxation of that is not optimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you think about, well, I have to sell and I have to close a piece of real estate while you have somebody in your family that needs care almost on an immediate basis. Sure. So you eliminate those three problems by having a proper plan in place. So the, my, my um, gathering from your conversation is it's, you should be talking about this stuff when you're in your 40s, it sounds like. You know, really thinking, you know, what are, what are your assets today? And obviously, as you get older, um, those needs can change. Now, that's another question. If I have a certain type of, let's just say I have a certain type of long-term care policy, if my needs change from that policy, is it a way that I can change that in the future? Another great question. Um, Part of what we see is a supplementing of existing policies. Mm -hmm. Um, But specifically the question about when do we start, uh, that's why a, a comprehensive plan that allows you to map out those next 10, 15, 20 years of your life mm-hmm. is really so valuable because then you can assess the landscape and what blind spots do I have, what resources are available. And that's really what we do with our clients. 
Awesome. Jason, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you again. Thanks for having us. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.